Hello, and welcome to the Divorce Woman's Guide podcast, where we talk about the things us divorcees are thinking, but not always talking about, as we turn our divorce into the best gift you've ever been given. And I do so with a little bit of sass and a whole lot of class. I am your host, Wendy Sterling, founder of The Divorce Rehab. I am here to support you in this transition phase of your life so you can start your new best chapter on your own terms. After all, that's what I did after my own divorce. And now it is my mission to change the conversation around divorce and help you see why your divorce, like mine, was the best gift you ever received. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Divorce Woman's Guide podcast. How are you doing today? As a reminder, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss a single episode because I release one every single week. And today's episode, I happen to be with Britt Baker. Hello, Britt. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for being here today. I am really looking forward to having a conversation with you today about a topic that so many of my listeners and so many of my clients like hearing about, and yet they avoid it like the plague. And our conversation (laughs) today has to do with finances. And specifically what Britt and I are going to talk to you guys about today is really how taking care of your finances is a practice in love for the future version of you. And before we dive in, I want to share a little bit about you with our audience today. Britt Williams Baker is a Harvard Business School graduate, an expert investor with 10 plus years of experience, and she's a money mindset coach. She co-founded Dow Janes to teach women how to take control of their finances with a step-by-step education and community of support. So Britt, thank you so much for being here. And I'm really looking forward to diving into this conversation with you. And just so our audience knows, what inspires you to do the work that you are currently doing today? Um, Because I know that it's one that as women, we try to avoid. Yeah. I mean, as everyone, we try to avoid our finances. Yes. Uh, Yeah. It's a great question. What inspires me to do it? I mean, the biggest motivator that Lorianne and I have when we started Dow Janes was really wanting to give women more freedom and power and control in their own lives. So, you know, be able to make any decision that they want without money being an obstacle. So whether that's, you know, leaving a relationship or getting into a relationship, it's just total freedom to make the choices that they want to make in their lives without money being something that stops them. Yeah. And, and I know that, especially for those of us who go through divorce, we feel paralyzed by money and our finances because all of a sudden we're being presented with the idea that, you know, half of our money is gone or, you know, for so many women as well, they have no clue what their financial footprint is, um, you know, and, and I will admit, and my audience knows this, like that was me. I turned the other eye at a certain point in my marriage and biggest mistake that I'll never make again. So let's start out by talking about, you know, really what, you know, what does taking care of your finances really mean? I mean, I feel like it really starts with a mindset, (laughs) right? Being a money mindset coach. So let's start there. Absolutely. I'd say there's, you know, there's three main pieces of, of what it looks like to take control of your finances. 
The first is the mindset piece. It's looking at your relationship with money. So what have been your money stories? What are the things you tell yourself about money? You know, a lot of people have this narrative of like, if I have more money, people won't like me or people with money are evil. Or uh, if I earn more, I won't be friends with the group of friends that I'm in, or I need to make more. And it is part of my identity. There's all these stories that we tell ourselves. And the first piece before you can really address anything is addressing that mindset, really building a healthy relationship with money, identifying, you know, who do you want to be with money? You know, why do you want to have money? How do you want to use it? What is your own story that you're going to write with money? Because a lot of us inherit our money stories from our parents. And something that people don't really realize is that you just default into the way that your parents were with money, which may or may not have been a great example. Yeah. So that's and, the first phase. Yeah. And I know that a lot of people confront that, right? And I think a lot of us don't even know about it until we're faced with you know, something having to do with our finances, right? For those of us that have been through divorce, it really, that was when I started understanding what my money story was that was passed down to me from my family. And it became so subconscious, right? So, Mm -hmm. you know, part of this too is really shining a light on what your mental relationship is to money, because until you recognize and you face it and, and you really, you know, you confront it and you shift it, you're going to stay stuck in that place where you're not necessarily making the best decisions for your future self. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love the word you used of subconscious or unconscious, because that's a big piece of the work that we do with women is bringing consciousness to money Mm. so that, you know, the next step, the second step is financial clarity, knowing actually how much you're spending, how much you're making each month. It's Mm -hmm. getting the full on clarity of, your income and expenses over over an average month. You know, most people actually just don't know that information. They're totally blind to it. They're head in the sand. It's easier to not look. And they don't know if they're able to save money each month. So that's the yeah. next piece is clarity. And to do that, we have people do this tracking exercise where really the intention is to bring consciousness to your spending. So every time they spend money, whether it's on a sandwich at lunch or a Uh, vacation, you track it in the tracker. And then we actually, instead of just like a normal budgeting activity, we have people add in their emotions. So did you Mm. feel positive, negative, or neutral about this purchase to bring in an extra layer of consciousness so that people can really start to pay attention to how they're using money and how it makes them feel when they do it? I love that. The emotional piece. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard that before, which is why I'm like, oh my God, that's I'm right taking notes while we're talking because it's just you're saying so many great things. Um, but I think it's so interesting because I I feel like we avoid the emotion, right? We avoid mm-hmm. that. Um, and again, I think shining a light on paying attention to what the emotion is behind that purchase, it it really, it like grounds it, right? It, it makes it so much more real instead of like, oh yeah, you know, I mean, how many of us order stuff on Amazon all the time and we're not keeping track yeah. of like all the stuff that we're ordering on Amazon, right? So I love that. Okay, so step two is financial clarity. Keep going, so good. And then the third step is really, I would call it systems. So it's putting things in place like auto saving, auto investing, having your retirement automatically invested things. So you don't have to check in on it each Mm -hmm. week or each month that it's done for you. Because 
when it comes to finance and really we're going to get to this with like taking care of future you, right? the more that we get in the way, that's when the problems happen. It's when our fear mentality comes in, our scarcity mindset comes in and keeps us from, you know, investing it regularly or saving regularly. And so whatever you can put on autopilot, the better when it comes to your finances. Yeah. And I have to tell you, that is something I learned and did like immediately. Um, you know, once I kind of got through my own personal financial situation with my divorce, and I'm not saying that everyone should wait, my circumstances are individual to me, but I do have something on autopilot, right? Where I am taking money out every single month and it's going into an investment account and, and I'm not thinking about it or worrying about it because again, it's something that I have on, you know, it's an auto, not payment, but it's an auto, yeah, auto transfer. Transfer. Yeah. Thank you. It's like it's mm -hmm. movement, uh, an <laughs> auto transfer um, that that I have set up, and I, you know, it adds up, right? Some people are like, "Oh, exactly. I don't have that much." So, if people have this mindset of like, "Well, I, I don't know if I can do that. I really live paycheck to paycheck," I would imagine that even if you can take twenty dollars, like it's still going to add up, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's it's really just you know starting that habit of saving and then realizing mm -hmm. like, oh, when it was auto, when I, you know, transferred it into my savings account, I didn't even see the money. And so I wasn't right. tempted to spend it. Sometimes right. it's just getting it out of sight. Exactly. Right. And not even knowing that you have it, like it's just, gone, <laughs> yeah. right. It, that to me, yeah. that makes such a difference, right? Because, you know, I do look at my, as a business owner as well, like I'm looking at my money every single day and it's not because I'm obsessing about it. It's because I now crave the knowledge of what is going on, not just in my mm -hmm. bank accounts, but also with my investments and, and all of that stuff. And the reason I do that is because I have a vision of the life that I want, right? So now instead of, you know, yes, many of us have to be conscious to what our expenses are every single month. And it's really important to know where it is that you want your money to be. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, this yeah. is, as we talked about right before we hit record, you know, a big part of what I help my clients do is to create the vision of the life that they want and their finances are a very big part of that vision. So Absolutely. how That's do it. you help yeah. women do this? Yeah. 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 And I'll, I'll just add before I answer that, is yes. that's part of step one. So right. part of step one, as you're healing your relationship with money is asking yourself that question of what is my vision, my vision for my life, my vision for my financial life. What is it that I want to achieve so that everything else you're doing is in service of that vision. It's right. no longer, I'm doing this because it's a chore and I have to do it. You're doing it because it's getting you towards that big vision for your life. Yes. A yeah. to the men and it's something, <laughs> well, and here's the thing, right? Is that so many of us are like, I have no idea what I want. I have no idea what I can have. I don't have anything or, you know, I don't even know what to do with any of this stuff. And so, you know, we're somewhere that somebody can start if they're sitting there going, I have no idea, or maybe they're like, I don't even know what I'm going to wind up with at the end of this. How is it that they can start thinking about that roadmap um, and really feel empowered along their, their journey? Yeah. Well, there's some, some baseline things that should be in everyone's vision, you know, no matter what your, your bigger vision is. And 
for those for anyone that should be in a, a fully funded emergency fund so three to six months of money in a savings account that's easily accessible it's not not in the same bank as your checking account because it's best if you don't see it every day um, but a fully funded emergency fund um other people will call that fu money it's like it's money <laughs> so that you can say no to whatever you want to say no to and know that you're protected right. so that should be you know part of everyone's vision. Okay. And then the next one for that most people probably want is retirement. And that looks different for a lot of people. And so really getting clear on what do you want retirement to look like? Do you want to stop working at a certain age? Do you want to live in the same place that you're living? Or do you want to relocate? And just thinking about the, you know, the costs that are going to be involved in that and planning for that as another baseline. Yeah, that's so important. Um, you know, it's funny. I I didn't necessarily call that like little account that I have set up as like an emergency or an, you know, an FU account. Um, but I do I so again, subconsciously, I didn't realize that that was something that I had already created for myself. Yeah. Um, which I think is really interesting. Um, you know, let me ask you this as well. Like as you're talking about having a retirement fund, I mean, I know that when women are going through divorce, so many of us either, um, you know, I was a working mom, so I did have retirement accounts from businesses that I had worked in. Perhaps somebody's listening and going, I don't have a retire, I don't have anything because I stayed at home or, you know, I wasn't the breadwinner. Um, you know, again, can you talk a little bit about almost like kind of rewiring around that mindset of, everyone gets to have a retirement fund. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the the legality is around divorce and sure. retirement funds and it probably differs by state, but this could I could imagine be like a um a part of the negotiation back and forth and that, you know, the work that, you know, someone does if they stay home is unsalaried. You know, that is work that is, you know, taking care of the family and they should essentially get a retirement fund right. as a, you know, thank you for doing this work for the family. Right. Um, and I could easily see that being, you know, something to stand upon in a negotiation during the divorce process, because you shouldn't have to work until you're 90, just because you get divorced. That's right. Yeah. You should, yeah. You sh you've been working hard enough. Yes. And that is a message that I share quite often. Um, so I just wanted to just pick your brain around that a little bit. So, okay. Yeah, so after having this vision, how is it that people can then take the next step? Okay. I know what my vision is. I know where I want to go. Now what? I'll just back up and add a bit okay. more to the vision. Cause we talked oh, about baseline great. visions. Great. Yeah. Those were like baseline. Everyone okay. should have those. The next kind of creative vision <laughs> that you get to have mm -hmm. is really where, you know, think of it as like a white, a blank sheet of paper where you get to vision whatever you want. And one, I know that people can get stuck, as you said, like, I don't know what I want, or I think I know what I want, but I'm not sure what that looks like in reality. One helpful way that I've thought about this is what is it that brings you joy in your current life? When, when do you spend money and really love it or really happy that you did that? You know, for me, it's on, you know, really nice food and experiences. And so for me, a vision in my life is a one in which I don't have to think twice about paying for whatever food or experience I want to have. 
Um, and that, that becomes my vision, you know, for other people, it's travel. They just want to be able to travel for other people. It's like, I just want time with my grandkids, like whatever your vision is, what do you need to do to make that happen? And so really think about the, you know, the things that bring you joy and meaning in your life, um, and build that into your vision. Yeah. I was like, Oh, travel. I'm like, I love food and travel. And I'm sure people are going, Oh gosh, it would be so great to have that. Um, I love that. I call that like the white canvas, right? It's like, if you could just yeah. create your, your vision, like what would it like, irregardless of money essentially, right? What is it that you want to create for yourself? What is it that you want? Because joy comes from within. Um, so Absolutely. you get, and there's so that. many creative ways to get there. You know, it doesn't yeah. mean you have to save multiple millions to be able to do that. There's creative ways to have that vision come true in different forms. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So what comes after that? So then once you have your vision, it's, we're kind of going backwards and forwards. It's, it's okay. Like you start with your vision and then you are creating the foundation and putting the systems in place to get you towards that vision. Okay. Um, and so it's, it can either mean taking that vision and then putting a dollar number to it and then working your way up, or it can just mean, you know, saving as much as you can this month and putting it into a fund that becomes your vision fund. It can, it can look a few different ways. Yeah. And, and how do people know, like, you know, I think, I think that people assume that, you know, we, we believe that there's a higher price that needs to, that you need to hit in order to have X, Y, or Z, right? Um, so how do people, like, how do you help them to just kind of get themselves in a place of possibility? Um, mm -hmm. Because so many times I know that we get caught up in, um, you know, in the fear conversation that happens within our head, especially as it comes to money, right? We, I mean, feel like that's probably the number one concern that everybody has as they're navigating, you know, this world of divorce. Um, and one of the things I always tell people is that like, I believe money is abundant and money is there for all of us to get access to. It's just the ways in which, again, I think our mindset has a lot, has everything to do with mm -hmm. how it is that we, that we create that. So, um, absolutely. So where do we go from here? How does somebody get themselves once they've gotten themselves into this mindset place? Um, and then what do you, where do they go from here? Yeah. I'd love to just back up to something you said before of like, we have this idea that there's a certain dollar amount to have what we want. And I just want to share a story of a woman named Sylvia from our program who you know, came into our program, living paycheck to paycheck with debt, you know, that that alone, like that example, paycheck to paycheck in debt, so common and the opposite of freedom. That's basically like you are chained to the system of owing money and barely getting by each month. The opposite of freedom. That's exactly what we're you know trying to fight. Right. And she ended up joining our program, million dollar year, was in it for a few months. And her big vision for herself was I want to go on vacation. And I want to dance. She has been a dancer her whole life. She lived in New York City and just had to be like super frugal most of the time. And through our program, when we teach, we teach all of the things I'm talking about right now, mindset, foundations, systems. So she put all of that into place, started saving money, just, you know, a little bit here and there, but enough couple months in a row. 
and ended up doing a staycation. So she stayed in New York and planned this week long staycation for herself where she went out to all of her favorite restaurants, ordered whatever she wanted, and she had budgeted for it. And so she did it with this, a stress-free attitude, not like, oh, this is the like nagging, depressing, this is getting me into debt. So I can't enjoy this cocktail that I'm having, but total confidence and freedom that she had saved for it, made it happen, went out dancing, went to a show, like had the full New York City experience that she made happen for herself. You know, also wasn't relying on anyone else to make that vision and dream for herself come true. Oh my God, what power. I mean, well, and what I also love is that it's almost like, you know, we, we think vacation has to be like international and five-star hotels (laughs) and, you know, cocktails by the pool and, you know, versus, oh my God, she did a staycation. How brilliant is that? And she's still right. It's, I love that you talk about the emotion piece of this, right? It's like, it's how do you achieve, you know, the joy or that emotion that you're craving that you're looking for, because it doesn't have to come with a cost, right? Like it's a whole self-care mm-hmm. thing. Right. And I know mm-hmm. that was one of the other things that oh, we, really? you know, we had, you had mentioned was something we could talk about too, but like, it's that self-care element, right? Where it's like, we think it has to look a certain way, but it actually gets to look, there's so many different ways that it gets to look as long as you're living into that emotion, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's a beautiful example. I love that example and keep going. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of self-care. Yeah. I mean, one of the ways, you know, just bringing it, making it even more granular, one of the ways that Sylvia got there and a piece that we teach in the million dollar year is called the weekly money ritual. So similar to how you said, you know, I look at my bank accounts every day and I look at my investments. We would say, don't look at your investments every day. It's a w- sure way to Right go now, crazy. it's not a good idea. It's very yeah. sad. <laughs> Never a good idea. Um, but instead we have what we call the weekly money ritual. And it's a way of really switching from money feeling like a chore or something that causes anxiety or just, yeah, heavy activity to this light, pleasurable, enjoyable moment of you taking care of you. And so you, you know, light a candle and you pour a glass of wine or whatever, you know, your favorite drink and sit down in front of your computer for this hour long ritual where we give you a list of step-by-step exactly what you should be doing. Part of it's looking at your transactions, um, following along with steps of basically how to, how to take care of your money and really pay attention to it. Because that's probably the number one thing that people aren't doing is they aren't paying attention to their money. I mean, we work 30 to 60 hours a week if you're an entrepreneur (laughs) uh, and you spend, you know, usually zero hours a week taking care of your money. You know, we spend so much time making it and then we just don't give that back in terms of taking care of it. And so that's something we teach is really just how can you bring ritual and a self-care practice into your money the same way you would do anything else. You do your like facial care or body care. Yeah. And not have, I have never heard somebody merge together the word money and self-care <laughs> ever. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I, I love that because I think that uh, as we talked about at the top of the show is that 
creating that self-care practice as it relates to money, that's part of the healing process, right? That yes. heals your relationship yes. to money, right? Absolutely. Talk about that a little bit, if you don't mind going into that a smidge more. Yeah. Yeah. So your relationship to money, you can think of your relationship to money as you would your relationship to any other person in your life. And so if you think about, you know, your best friend or your partner or your you know parents or children, those relationships need tending and you need to give them time and attention. And your relationship with money is just like any of those, you know, it needs tending. It needs taking care of, you know, that's, it's just a required piece of actually keeping everything in order. And ideally, you know, you put these systems in place and then things take care of themselves as we automate them. Um, but it's in the beginning, it is important to build out that time. Yeah. You've got to build the system so that the system starts working for you. And then it just becomes, like you said, a ritual, right? There's, it just becomes habitual and, you know, yeah, it just makes, oh my gosh, so people easier. love their money ritual. <laughs> it's like, it's, I, I do mine on Tuesday afternoons. It's something I really look forward to. It's like a time where I feel, you know, like we talked about before, you're taking care of future you. It's like, you can, you're building confidence too, and doing it yourself and knowing what's going on in your world. It's not something you need to, you know, have shame about because you're, you don't actually know what's happening in your financial world. Yeah. It's so important. I mean, it is so incredibly important. And I agree with you. I think that not knowing creates so much more stress and so, so much, much more anxiety than actually knowing. And also having that automation at, built in, yes, it takes some work at the front end, but again, it pays off on the back end and it just makes your life so much more easy. Like you really guys, do you want to be spending your time stressing about this every single day? I don't know about you, but I don't. And once I shifted my relationship to money, I stopped stressing about it. I know exactly what I have, what's going on, how much I'm spending every single month. I didn't want to know. I really didn't. I was terrified yeah. when I had to put my budget together in my divorce. <gasps> And then I was like, holy my goodness, I had no idea how much money we were spending a month. And I just Absolutely. was like, oh my God. And then you start going, well, I'm going to lower this. Like that was my mindset, oh, yeah, right? I challenge. was like, oh, yeah. bring it on. Like <laughs> this girl is bring, bring it on. I'm going to lower my bills. Right. <laughs> so absolutely. Um, no, I, I just want to underline that piece you just said that was so yes. brilliant is that, you know, not knowing creates so much stress. And I know for a lot of people, they can't imagine looking at the truth because it's too scary of like, okay, what am I actually spending? Like how much credit card debt am I actually in? You know, what, what is that number? And I will tell you that whether or not you realize it, that is nagging at you in the background and causing so much stress than just figuring it out. And we have this yeah. idea that we talk a lot about money facts versus money feelings. And there's shame that can come up when people have a certain amount of credit card debt, but mm -hmm. it means nothing about you. It is just a number. And knowing the number is something that you should be proud of because that is the first step towards changing anything. It's getting that clarity. Yeah, that's interesting. I've uh, Money facts versus money feelings. And we judge ourselves, right? We're so, so mean. much judgment. We're so mean to ourselves. 
Yeah. yeah. And especially when it comes to money, it's just, it's yeah. the worst. I think it's like the worst conversation that we have with ourselves. <laughs> it is, especially because no one taught us this. You know, it's not something that like you taught and then ignored. Like it actually wasn't something that you ever learned, likely. Your parents probably didn't teach you. You didn't learn it in school. So you were just fending for yourself as an adult. And then probably your partner took it over. And so you never had the chance to actually learn it on your own. And now, is an opportunity to get to do it on your own and be proud of that. Yeah. And not to mention the fact that whatever it is that you want to create, you can, and you will. And the only person standing in the way right now is, is you and Mm -hmm. you, you know, I love, I love the program. I love the company that you have created. I find it so, so empowering for women because it's just, it's the one thing I hear everyone struggle with all Mm -hmm. the time. Um, Britt, what is one last piece that you want to leave our audience with today as it relates to thinking about planning for their future life? Yeah. The, the last thing I'll say is that, um, because of the way that investing works and compound interest works and these systems work, the sooner you get started, the sooner your money can start working for you. And so even if you're in your 50s or 60s and you feel like you're starting late and you think, you know, it's it's too late for me, there's now is the time to start. It's not too late. You know, each day that goes by that you don't take care of this is adding more stress to your life than necessary. And yeah. you totally have the power to turn this around. Well, and costing you more money, I would imagine. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> oh my God. So good. You guys, Britt, how do you, people find you? Um, and I know that you yeah. also have a free gift for our audience today. Yes, I do. So um, our business is called Dow Janes. You can find us at DowJanes.com or on Instagram at, at Dow.Janes. And today I have a free, um, the thing we talked about actually, the weekly money ritual. So we have a checklist that we give away for free and you can go to Dow Janes. Uh, Dot com. I think it's, <laughs> we'll include the link in the show notes. Yeah, it's in the show notes. It's try.dowjanes.com slash ritual. Slash ritual. Just in case. Exactly. Yes. Yep. Perfect. So good. So you can download that and that gives you, you can start your own, doing your own weekly money ritual step-by-step. Step. And then if you're interested in more support and accountability and a community of people to do this with, we do have our program, The Million Dollar Year, where we teach you all of the steps that we talked about today. Amazing. This was so good, Britt. Thank you so much for being my guest today. This was, this was so, I took so many notes. This You have <laughs> so many great nuggets of information that you shared today. And I really, truly, like, I love the way that you approach, um, that you approach teaching women how to be, honestly, how to be comfortable in a conversation with themselves about their, their money. So this was great. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Of course. Thanks for having me. Of course. And everybody tuning in today. Oh my God, how good was this episode, right? Have you guys ever heard about your finances spoken about that way? I don't know about you, but I had some aha moments as I was listening to Britt share her wisdom today. And that is what I strive to do with every single episode. So wherever it is that you are in your process, I hope that you gained some knowledge today to give you that one more step closer to 
having and living that life that you so desire. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. I hope that you have a beautiful rest of your day. As a reminder, don't forget to hit subscribe if you want to be a part of my free Facebook group. It's called The Divorce Rehab. Follow me on Instagram at Divorce Rehab with Wendy. And I hope that you guys have a beautiful rest of your day. Sending you all so much love, light, and joy as always. Bye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Divorced Woman's Guide podcast. If you like what you hear, please share this episode with someone you know or spread the word on social media. This is how I reach more divorcees around the world and provide them with the support they need to create their next best life. And I would also love to continue the conversation with you. So please friend me on Facebook, join my private Facebook group, The Divorce Rehab, and follow me on Instagram at Divorce Rehab with Wendy. I'll see you next time.